Warriors, bold, brave, and beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us on Women to Warriors podcast, where we at Women to Warriors are all about energizing, encouraging, equipping, and empowering you, woman warrior, for your eternal purpose. Also, please check out our website at womentowarriors.com where you can get lots of information, lots of motivation, and we hope to encourage you in your warrior walk. Well, Warriors, you are joining me today on week seven. I can't believe we're here. It's so exciting. Faith and Fire Study has been so phenomenal with an F2. Um, This one is called Faith, Failure, and a Future. It is not a long study. And from this, you're going to now go into your Daniel Warrior Fast and study as one of our team um, will lead you. And so thank you so much for being a part of Faith and Fire. And just really, I pray that your life is set on fire in the most amazing blaze for Jesus. And you live your life differently from this moment on. You're amazing. And stay bold, brave, and beautiful, and fierce. I love you, Warriors. the journey of getting to know Elijah better, but getting to know the Lord better and allowing him to show you yourself more clearly. I mean, he's shown me myself, I'll tell you that. And that's what happens when we come into the presence of God. He challenges us. We are convicted. We are comforted. We're encouraged. And he gives us clarity and he gives us direction for the next season. And so I pray that you feel equipped as you've gone through these six, seven weeks now that we have had together this journey through the scriptures and the story of this biblical hero, Elijah. I've been praying for you and I want you to know that. And I've not just been praying for you during these weeks. I've been praying for you for the last couple of years that I have been just trying to take time and energy to really dissect and dive into the story of Elijah. And what I've prayed for you is that the seeds you have sown, the investment now that you have made in time, in energy, in effort, how you've cleared your your calendar and cleared your schedule to make sure you could have time to join me every single day in the study of God's word and then weekly as we've met together like this. What I've been praying is that everything you have invested in the spiritual realm will come back to you tenfold, pressed down, shaken together, running over, that you'll see the fruit of God's spirit evident in your life in unforgettable ways that this time will literally mark you so that you'll be different and changed. Every single time we come to the word, word of God, that's what the point is. The point is not just to know a whole bunch of stuff after we finish. I mean, I'm glad you know a whole bunch of stuff. I've certainly learned a lot, but it's about more than that. It's supposed to change and transform our entire lives. And that's what this Bible study has been designed to do, to draw us into the presence of God, to allow the spotlight of God's Holy Spirit to be shined afresh on some areas in our life where we need to line up, where we need to be encouraged to be bold and to be unashamed of who we are in Christ and who he is to us. And so I've been praying that everything you've invested in this time, you will find that it really does come back to you in a way that is unexpected. 
the reality is we could spend, um, you know, a whole nother six weeks talking about Elijah. I mean, his story doesn't end just because our Bible study is. And actually, that right there in and of itself speaks to the grace of God, the goodness of God, the redemption of our God. Because this past week you saw Elijah and I saw Elijah real frail, real fragile. He's despondent, he's discouraged, he has let this threat from Jezebel sort of take him out, man. It has crippled him emotionally. And we've seen a man who looked one way in one season of his life look completely different over this past week, right? And if we're to be honest, some of us probably saw ourselves mirrored more clearly, not in the previous five weeks, but in this last this last week where we saw Elijah in this real fragile state. And maybe right now that's how you see yourself. Maybe you feel a little weakened. I know I have felt a little weakened and maybe you felt a little insecure or crippled by fear like you've seen Elijah in this past week. Maybe you have felt uh, depressed, discouraged. Maybe there have been some faults, some weaknesses, um, some lapses in integrity maybe that you've had. And maybe you have felt discouraged the entire time we've been studying Elijah because you haven't seen yourself as this bold, fearless individual who has been unapologetic about who God is to you and your sphere of influence. And you felt convicted about that. And you've related more to what you've seen in Elijah this past week. Well, I want you to know that just because he had this um, difficult time in his life, it is not the end of his story. And that's good news for somebody today. I don't know about you, but I feel like that's good news for me. It means that even when we are at our worst, it is not the end. There is another mission. There is another assignment that God has for him. And so Elijah, even at his worst, God finds him. He meets him there. He speaks to him sweetly once again. The still small voice finds Elijah and calls him out of that despondency. And before he even gets his whole act together, before he's figured everything out and before we see Elijah return again to the full stature of who he was, God is already encouraging him and commissioning him once again to a new assignment. Would you be encouraged? Know that your story isn't done. Yeah, I know. I don't know the details of where you've been and what's gone on in your life and everything that's sort of uh, traversed around um, what you've been facing right now in your personal private life. But I do know that God is not done with you yet. And if you don't leave with any other detail other than that, please know that God is not done with you yet. I wrote down just a few notes that I wanted to make sure to share with you during our final uh, time together. And one of those things is just that that you need to be encouraged in knowing that everything does not hinge on whether or not you did or didn't accomplish something, whether or not you failed before, whether or not you had weaknesses before. All of the weight of God's plan being accomplished is not destroyed just because you and I have had these seasons where we are, you know, human. He factored that in long time ago. He knows that we are but dust. He knows that we are frail. He knows your personality and mine. He knew the you know, tendencies of our flesh that we would have to get past. He knew the proclivities that we had. Your God knew all of these things, factored them all in, and still he allows us to be utilized for his purposes. He allows us to be a partner with him in what he plans to do in this generation. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for that. For Elijah, there were going to be three different things now that he was set on assignment to do. 
Uh, Elijah thought, you know, that there was going to be a whole different plan, that God was going to work out his redemptive purposes in the nation of Israel in one specific way. And he was discouraged when it didn't work out the way that he thought. But God had a plan B. He had an alternative. Elijah could have never pictured that this new mission, this new direction that he was going to be called toward could actually be what God could do to work out his purposes. And so he gave him three things to do. He said, listen, I want you to anoint a new king over Aram. I want you to anoint a new king over Israel. And then I want you to pass the baton on to Elisha. This is where we see Elisha come into play in the story of redemption. And if I were to go into all of the details, honestly, I wish I could give you a, a bit of a fairy tale ending here. But Elijah doesn't do specifically everything that God tells him to, even now. Of those three assignments, he only ends up actually following through on one of them. Those two kings that he's supposed to anoint, they don't get anointed until later, underneath the uh, prophetic ministry of Elisha. And as a result of Elijah not doing exactly what it is that God tells him to do, the rule of Ahab is extended longer than it would have been. And after Ahab's rule is done, instead of there being a king in place, a righteous king to go ahead and take that position on the throne so that Israel could be directed out of their idolatry more quickly and back to allegiance to the one true God, well, since he's not in position as he was supposed to be, Ahab's son ends up ascending to the throne and he is described as being exactly like his father. So for more years than would have been necessary, Israel still continues down a path of idolatry because Elijah doesn't obey completely. And so we find the heroes of the Bible oftentimes not finishing well. I mean, he's not the only one. There's Moses who lapsed into disobedience. You know, there's Gideon. And sometimes these stories don't end in victory the way that we wish that they would, even though Elijah's story continues on and there's more, of course, to tell. But even when sometimes there's a little bit of a discouragement when we look at a hero like this, and not just even our biblical heroes, when we look at the people around us, sometimes we can put them on a pedestal too, and we can look to them and be completely decimated and discouraged when we find out that, you know, they're human, that they're not going to do everything perfectly. I've done it before, putting people on pedestals and then being discouraged because they fall off those pedestals that we've created for them. And so instead of being discouraged that Elijah's story doesn't end all wrapped up in a nice neat bow the way we wish that it would, I want you to understand that these weaknesses, these frailties, these missteps and mistakes, what they're designed to do is point you in the direction of Jesus. They're not the perfect one. They were never supposed to be. And every time we see their failures, it's supposed to underscore the fact that we are looking for a Messiah that we need somebody to come in and be the savior. And the savior is not any of these people as, as much as we admire them and as much as they have done to help tell the redemption story. Every time we see them at their worst, it's supposed to cause us to turn our eyes upward in thanksgiving for Jesus Christ, because they are all forerunners to remind us and to accentuate for us how much we need a savior. Elijah will go on to continually being mentioned all throughout the New Testament. In fact, when Jesus would ask, you know, who do people say that I am? 
he'd be so well known and revered that people would mistake him for being, you know, Elijah. And he'd have to remind them, mm -mm, I'm not Elijah. He was the forerunner for who I am. And then on this one occasion, Matthew 17, Jesus ascends this mount with Peter, James, and John, and he's transfigured before them. Can only describe it as his full deity, his glory being on display for them to see. Can you imagine? And in that moment, this glorious, unforgettable moment in the presence of three of Jesus's closest friends where they're getting to see the deity of God um, on display in Jesus Christ, Moses shows up. So does Elijah. Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets, basically the entirety of the Old Testament on display right there. Peter, James, and John, of course, they are overwhelmed by the sight and they say, should we build a tabernacle? One to celebrate and honor Moses, one to celebrate and honor Elijah. And as if to put him on um, a similar scale as those two, they say, we can build one for you too. And in that moment, a, a voice comes from the heavens. It is the Father saying, oh no, no, don't get it twisted. The one in the middle, Jesus, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen only to him. In other words, he has fulfilled the law and the prophets. And in that moment, Moses and Elijah faded from view and they saw Jesus and Jesus alone. Here at the end of this Bible study, I am asking you to see Jesus and Jesus alone. He's been the point the whole time. And every single time you come to the pages of scripture, whether it's in a study like this one, or whether it's in the quietness of the morning when you sit down with the Bible yourself to have your own quiet time, or whether it's at church on a Sunday, or whether you're listening to someone um, over uh, the internet, or you are just having a time with a book that you are reading, another devotional altogether, every single time, keep your eyes peeled for Jesus. He has always been and always will be the way, the truth, and the life. I sure hope you've enjoyed our study of Elijah. I certainly have. I'll look forward to seeing you next time.